Podcast. We're two modern mamas with the goal to inspire, empowerment, self-love, deep physical and spiritual nourishment, holistic health, and joy, no matter your journey, gender, or perspective. I'm Laura of Radical Roots. I'm a certified CrossFit trainer, certified nutrition consultant, and mama to Evie Wilder. And I'm Jess of Hold the Space Wellness. I'm a level one CrossFit trainer, a licensed and certified athletic trainer with a master's in kinesiology and mama to Baron Camille. Please note that while we're here to provide advice and insights, we aren't medical practitioners and always recommend that you check with a trusted provider before implementing any changes. Thanks for joining us. We're so happy you're here. Hey guys, Jess here with another episode of the Modern Mamas podcast. I am so, so excited, as I am every single time I record. Today's episode is going to be something really, really fun and lighthearted. I have my friend Heather England here um, on to talk about kids in the kitchen, which is a really, really fun, exciting topic for me personally because we are all about nutrition, food, mindset, um, thinking about food differently, and you know, obviously about raising kiddos as well. And so for me, when I think about how my mindset evolved around food, um, it definitely started in my home as at a young age with, you know, the foods that we were eating and the things that we were doing with our parents in the kitchen too. So really, really excited. Heather to me is the expert on this subject. So let me thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so, so excited. I'm excited too. And so before we dive in, I'm going to introduce you to the listeners and give give you guys a little bit more background info about Heather. And then we're going to hear her story from straight from the horse's mouth. Not that you're a horse, but you know what I mean. Um, So here's a little little bit about Heather. Heather England is the healthy living blogger behind fitmamarealfood.com and the host of the podcast Fit Mama Real Food Radio, where she dives into all things food, fitness, motherhood, and mindset. She is a wife to Jacob and mom to Hunter 6, Zoe 4, Nova 2, and Holland 7 months. Oh my goodness. I need to just pick your brain about having four kids later. Oh man! Um, okay. <laughs> it is most definitely not quiet in her house. I can imagine. Um, <laughs> Heather is an AFAA certified group fitness instructor with countless group fitness specialties under her belt, including Les Mills and Yoga Fit. She finds so much joy making movement fun for people and seeing the transformations it can have when women take time to focus on themselves. In 2008, she started her journey towards finding out finding how to tr- truly nourish herself through food and fitness and began sharing that on her blog. It wasn't a straight shot to where she is now, but eventually she landed in a healthy and happy relationship with food as, as the focus. During that time, she launched into her side job as a group fitness instructor and began diving deeper into understanding nutrition. Let me see here. In 2012, when her first was born, she left her career in HR and dove straight into motherhood, an epic and surprising journey. Oh, amen to that. Um, mm-hmm. At the core, Heather believes that real food can be delicious and nourishing to the body and soul. She's passionate about feeding her family well, bringing her kids into the kitchen with her, teaching them not only how to cook, but also about the importance of what we put into our bodies. Oh my gosh, that is a like mantra I can get behind. Oh my awesome. gosh. Well, so we are going to have a great talk. We're going to have such a good talk. And you know, honestly, this is one of those topics that I feel like is so important, like I mentioned before, because we can really lay the foundation of our children's food relationship from a really early point. Um, and I think mm-hmm. it's so crucial 
But I even personally, you know, it's not that I don't want my kids to be in the kitchen with me, but I struggle with the stress that the idea of that creates for me. Yeah. So I'm really, really personally excited to hear like your tips and tricks and what works and what doesn't work for you. And knowing that you have four kiddos um, already and it still make this a priority. I'm really, really intrigued. Yeah. Well, I've definitely learned a lot of things over the years and um, you know what? It'll make you feel good. I still get stressed out in the kitchen with them, but, <laughs> but I'm a work in progress and I've learned some things over the years. So I'm super excited to share them today. Oh my gosh. Me too. Well, before we dive into the heart of the matter here, mm-hmm. we always have an icebreaker question. Um, mm-hmm. and today I just want to know if you could be one animal, what would it be and why? <laughs> um, okay. So two parts to this. Okay. I asked my husband first. what I would be. (laughs) I had something in my head, which I will share. And he said a turtle for me. He said a turtle. (laughs) Okay. So I could just hide in my shell and not move and relax. (laughs) And which is the opposite of what I chose. I chose an octopus. And I'll tell you why. Because I, I think I'm a smart cookie and octopuses are really smart and they have all these legs. So I can be doing all all these things or tentacles, I should say, Um, you know, so I can, I can be doing one thing and another and multitasking. And so that's where I feel like I am, but clearly my husband has a different view of what animal I should be. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's some, something's not, not like matching up there. Um, So wait, you said octopuses are really smart. I mean, how do you, how do we know that octopuses are smart? I mean, that's what I've read. I don't know. They have like, I think they have like nine brains. Really? They have a brain. Yeah, I think. Okay. Now, I are feel you like making I this up? Go, no, my husband is super into octopuses and or octopi, whichever it is. Um, and I'm pretty sure that they have like nine, nine brains. Nope. It's nine hearts. <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> They're just really Close smart enough. creatures. I'm going to Google this and I'll send you an article when we're done. Okay. Yeah. Hey, they just, they think with their heart and that makes them just emotionally intelligent. Yes, exactly. Um, Clearly I need to study them more. (laughs) That's incredible. Okay. So now that we know what your, I guess that would be semi your spirit animal. Tell us more about yourself, how you found your passion, how you got to where you are, what you're doing now and just all the things. Yeah. So, um, so I'm a wife to my husband, Jacob, who thinks I'm a turtle. We've been together for 14 years, married for 10 years, and we have four kiddos. And we live in the Pacific Northwest of so Washington State. We love it here so much. Um, and I'm, like you said in my bio, I'm a group fitness instructor. I started that about eight years ago, and I, I love it so much. Um, it's just such a joy for me. And really when I started my blog 10 years ago, that was kind of when I started to learn more about food and movement and kind of changing my relationship with food. I was definitely in that diet mentality camp, Uh, definitely did the yo-yo diets in my younger years. And when I first started my blog, I was still in that mindset of calories. I can remember like posting recipes and sharing the calorie information because that was an important thing to me. So I've really come a long way from there. Um, but like I said, I, I was in a career in human resources and that's what I got my degree in back in the day. And I started teaching group fitness classes. What I what really helped me get more in the 
health and wellness space was as part of my job, I got to help start a wellness program. And I loved that so much, just being able to share information with the employees on how to get more movement into their into their day or different foods to incorporate, tips and tricks to making healthy eating something that's more doable. And I, I loved that part of my job. And so from there, I just started learning more about nutrition. I took some nutrition courses at the local college. I kept um, adding more group fitness certifications under my belt and just continue to share that on my blog. And then I had a kid uh, six and a half years ago and I left my job in human resources, still fitness, um, but really just, just started teaching my kids about food and also really making it a, a big focus on feeding my family in a real food way, cutting out processed food, which happened before having kids as well. Um, but the focus became even more intentional when I had a kid because not only am I feeding myself and my husband, I'm helping this little body to grow and I want to give him, he's a boy first, and then my girls, uh, the best food that I could. And so it's just been really fun uh, teaching them in the kitchen and um, adding lots of real food into our life. And what's coming up? Well, oh, I have a podcast as well. I've had for about a year um, working on some eBooks and hopefully a real book in the future too. But that's really slow with a baby that's seven months old. Yes, <laughs> I've, it's kind of. I mean, like I said, I you know my husband and I have been talking about how, like, are we going to have more kids or not? And like thinking about adding more to the already crazy mix is is a little. I can imagine like maybe to the like tiniest degree what you're going through but yeah I mean you make it look so easy and I, I mean I know it's not but you seem like yeah. you you know very composed oh, <laughs> with poor little ones you. running around um yeah, my my mom was a pretty chill mom so I I'm glad that I've gotten that from her I'm a little yeah. more relaxed I well I was I was gonna ask you you know growing up with your parents, were you involved, like, was food a, a, a topic that you guys talked about? Like, were you in the kitchen with your mom or dad? Like, is this something that you're passing on because you experienced it? Or is this something that you are focusing on because maybe you didn't experience it when you were growing up? Yeah, that's an awesome question. Um, I can remember baking with my mom and, you know, being in the kitchen with her, but I don't think it was like an intentional, like, okay, Heather, we're going to work on, you know, learning how to cut vegetables right. uh, when I was younger. But I, I do remember when I was a young teenager, I want to say 13 or 14, we had uh, a Pampered Chef cookbook and it was just a little one. And I loved looking at the pictures of the recipes and there must have been something in me at that age. And I looked at this recipe and I thought, I'm going to try to make that. So obviously <laughs> I had gained some skills uh, in my younger years that I could chop things. So, um, but yeah, it was, it was that cookbook and I just saw a picture and was inspired to start cooking things from it. So it, it was just a, an odd moment in time. <laughs> That's so cool though. I mean, a little bit about my personal story is that my dad was a good cook, um, mm -hmm. but he didn't, he worked out of town. 
like all the time. And mm-hmm. so it was my mom really who um, stayed at home and took care of us and cooked air quotes. Um, she was a, she was a terrible cook. And this, I say this like lovingly because it's kind of like a joke in our family. My dad had to like teach her how to cook a hamburger when they got married and like how to like make basic stuff like macaroni and cheese out of a box. Mm-hmm. And so with her, like, I just was never interested in, in like cooking because it was mostly frozen foods and canned foods. Not that there's anything wrong with canned vegetables or anything like mm-hmm. that, but like there was just no magic in the process. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like it was like, I'm just going to open up this can and plop it into the, like you know, the saucepan. And then a couple minutes later we'll be ready to eat. Or a lot of like, um, kid cuisine. I, my sisters and I laugh all the time. Like we're kind of like, how did we turn out to like so much stuff? <laughs> because it wasn't really until like college where I could like, make my own food decisions that I started Mm -hmm. to like expand my palate. So I am, I am, I know that growing up without exposure to kind of this sense of like food as like a magical thing and preparation and it's fun. Um, growing up without, that's not like the be all end all because I still, Mm -hmm. I love food now. And, but Mm -hmm. it, it also like looking at my personal journey with like, um, you know, eating disorders and, you know, disordered like diet mindset stuff. I wonder Mm -hmm. if things would have been a little bit different if maybe some of that stuff had been kind of the foundation had been laid earlier on. Do you know, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think having conversations around food at a younger age can just get you to think about food differently. Like for me, it's really important that when we talk about food in our house, it's not like I, I don't label things as like bad food or good food. We kind of label it more as like sometimes, or you talk about why food is good for our bodies, mm-hmm. different foods. Um, and so I, I don't know. I think I'm hoping that that starts to lay a different foundation that I have. Not that I, not that my you know parents shun different foods and, you know, had me go down more of a diet mentality, but I'm hoping that as I start having conversations with them around food, that, um, that they can have a, a, a good relationship with it. Absolutely. I think on, on my end, it's just, I don't want food to be scary in any capacity, yeah. even like yeah. the foods that are quote unquote bad, like gluten mm-hmm. or like food dye. And so my youngest or my mm-hmm. oldest has like he clearly like reacts um emotionally and like in that regard to like food dyes and so it was a big conversation we talked about it on one of our recent podcasts when Halloween came up around and so mm-hmm. it was like he got all this candy and he of course wanted to eat some of the like skittles and things like that and you know i finally was just like okay i've talked to him enough about like how do you feel when you eat xyz um you know and so i was like i'm going to let him decide because Mm -hmm. ultimately like I, I want him to be able to make decisions for himself when I'm not there to like, you know, coordinate all this stuff. And so I was like, Hey buddy, like, okay, if you want Skittles, you can have them, you can eat them, but know that if you do, you may feel upset. Like you may feel a little like out of control, like trying to talk to him about the things that we know happens. And so he just like, it was the cutest thing. He just thought long and hard yeah. And he's sitting there, and he's like, you know what, Mama? I think I'm just going to have chocolate. And I was like, Aww, okay. That's so <laughs> But awesome. I wanted to cry because I was like, he made that decision. He's listening. And it wasn't like a fear thing. Like, I wasn't like, you know what's going to happen. It was more just like, <laughs> here are your options. You decide. 
you know, yeah, like it's not, yeah. it's not a bad decision either way, but like, this is what's going to happen. So anywho, mm-hmm. kind of getting a little mm-hmm. off track there, that. but yeah, um, that's all good. <laughs> it's just like, it's, it's like we've talked about before the mentality around food being fun and there's, there's no fear. I think really will set up hopefully our kids to have a healthy relationship in the future when we're not around to dictate their food choices. So, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. I totally so, agree. Yeah. How do we, let's dive into the meat of the subject here. Mm-hmm. How do we start that process in your opinion of getting kiddos interested in what we're doing in the kitchen? Cause a lot of times I think of myself, like kiddos will come in and like, I'm cooking on the stove, got five things going. They're like, what, what are you doing? Can I help? I'm like, no, just like get out of the kitchen. So <laughs> get out of my way Um, because usually there's like minimal time and it's dinner and it's five o'clock and it's like okay I would love to do this but I I also don't want to be eating at 9 p.m. so Mm -hmm. tell us tell us all the things okay so I love that you mentioned that it's dinner time and you're cooking and they want to help and that is a hard time and like my one of my biggest tips is to not start it at dinner time like there's there's other meals and there's hopefully weekend time where there's um, a little more free time to be in the kitchen. And first, just kind of decide on a time that you are not rushing um, when you want to bring your kids in. So say it's dinner time and they, you know, they want to help out. Just give them like, if you really can't have them included, give them like measuring cups to stack or something to do in the kitchen so they're with you. But you can like do what you need to be doing and getting it done uh, because we don't want to like push the kids out because if, if we keep pushing them out and they keep asking to come in, eventually they might stop asking and that's a missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I'm totally not saying that like I've, I've done that many times. So if you've done that, like don't <laughs> feel bad. We are all moms and we're just trying to get dinner made. Uh, but that's just something to think about and keep tucked in the back of your mind. So maybe instead of including them in what you're doing, just keep them in the kitchen and maybe they just pull up a chair and you talk to them and tell them what you're doing. So you can still like cut fast and saute or whatever you're doing, but just having them in there watching you, I think that is an awesome thing. And also making sure that we ourselves, that we are cooking. So if you're wanting to instill a love for being in the kitchen for your kids, uh, be in the kitchen yourself. So it doesn't have to be super complicated meals. You can master, you know, one breakfast, one lunch, and one dinner. Um, easy things, and they can see that you're cooking in the kitchen. And because kids, they want to model our behavior. They want to do what we're doing. They want to eat our food. They want to have all of our things. <laughs> I know. I mean, I that's like a miraculous thing. If I want my kids to, to eat something in particular, I'll just put it on my plate rather than their plate. And they're yeah. like, hey, <laughs> I, I want what you're having. <laughs> I know. So, so super important that we ourselves, we need to be in the kitchen and like I said, it doesn't have to be complicated stuff. It could be as simple as um, opening up a can of tuna and chopping up some vegetables and making a quick dressing. And there you've made a little salad. And so we're not actually cooking things, but that's, mm-hmm. but that's preparing a meal. And that's something that when kids have practiced some of their skills, that they could do that too. So it doesn't have to be super complicated. Um, as young as you can, start them young. So 
my seven month old, she clearly can't do anything in the kitchen mm-hmm. to help me, <laughs> but I can have her in the kitchen with me. I can have her in the carrier or I can have her, you know, in a high chair or whatever contraption I'm using um, to have my hands free. And she can watch me. I can talk to her about what I'm doing. Now that she's starting to sit up a little bit, I can have her on the floor and give her some measuring cups or just some kitchen, um, safe kitchen utensils to play with. Uh, So start them young, just having them in there with you. And then when they become a little bit older, maybe you have them uh, starting with mixing. And we can totally get into like specifics in a little bit. Yeah. Um, Yeah. As soon as you can get them in the kitchen, just have them in there with you, even just watching and talking about what you're doing and try to keep it fun when they're in the kitchen. So again, not, not using that dinner time hour when you're all stressed out (laughs) at the end of the day and kids are hangry and everybody's hangry. Yes. Uh, so try to keep it as fun as you can. And then also I love to try to keep things super colorful because kids love color. And I think that just makes food more appealing when it's colorful, try to show lots of different textures and shapes, um, when they're starting to be in the kitchen with you. That's incredible. I love that so much. I'm, I'm thinking about my own, my own kiddos right now. And, um, it's funny because it's like when they're, even when they're little bitty, it's like, you think about what do kids like to play with? Like we would have all these toys and like, you know, blocks and things. And it was like, our kids were happy to play with a bowl and a spoon and measuring Mm -hmm. cups more than anything else. So it kind of just like fits with the natural their natural, I don't know, inclination to play with household objects at at a very young age. So that's really smart. So, yeah. So you said your top tips essentially for setting the stage for a non-stressful cooking experience would be don't start with dinner and like kind of age appropriate type of activities for the kids when you are starting to engage them. Yeah. And, um, you know, I wrote a blog post all about how to keep that chaos down okay. uh, when cooking with kids. And another thing to think about is, um, when you're actually having them helping you in the kitchen is to have kid appropriate heights. So kids obviously are way too short for counters where we would stand and do some chopping. Mm-hmm. So trying to get them up to that level, whether you're using a step stool or a chair or, um, gosh, what are those? There's a name for those. Oh, my gosh. Uh, you know what I'm talking I about. I know exactly. Hey, Tim. I'm going to ask my husband. <laughs> yeah. What are those things called that you, when you stand on them in the kitchen and they're like, they've got, it's like a step ladder, but oh, it's not. Learning tower. Oh, learning tower. We learning tower. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> got it. Uh, yeah. I know some people that have those and they, they love them because they keep your kids a little more safe yes. than standing on chairs. Um, But another thing is instead of at the counter, maybe you take them over to your dinner table because it's a little lower. So maybe they can stand if they're um, a little taller and work at the dinner table. So finding an appropriate height for kids so it's not awkward for them, that they're not like reaching up and and that'll just help to keep them a little more safe. Um, If you can keep one kid at a time in the kitchen, then that will make it less chaotic for sure. Now, (laughs) That's hard with multiple kids, I know. <laughs> but but um, but if you can, it's it's such an awesome way to connect with your kids too. Cooking in the kitchen is one of my favorite ways to connect with the kids. Um, so if I can, you know, distract the other ones with something else or 
you know, if my husband's home, have him take them and I just bring one kid in. That just helps to keep things a lot more calm. But if you have multiple kids, try to set them up so they're not right next to each other. Mm -hmm. Um, There's some space between them because they're always touching each other and bugging each other. (laughs) At least my kids. Oh, I will raise my hands to that because it's like if one person, if one of them's doing one thing, of course the other one wants to do the same thing or it's mm-hmm. like, oh my word. So having a plan, I guess, going in there, like, you know, Bear gets to stir the flower and Cammy gets to like, I don't know what Cammy gets to do at this point. <laughs> make a mess. <laughs> she gets to make a mess over here in this corner. Um, definitely. That's smart. Yeah. Okay. One last thing to keep <laughs> yes. it less chaotic. Um, are you familiar with Gretchen Rubin? I am. Okay. Love I, I, I love, um, she has a quote. I think it's outer order equals inner calm. And I, I take that into the kitchen with cooking with the kids. So if I'm going into the kitchen and it's messy and I want to have them help me, it just feels so chaotic. So if you're planning to do some, um, some time in the kitchen with your kids, try to have it clean first, if possible. Um, and that'll just keep things a little less chaotic. <laughs> That's amazing. And I'm thinking too, I mean, you're the expert, but like, I'm, I'm kind of adding my own two cents into this mm-hmm. based on experience, but like, don't you think, I guess, getting kids interested in foods and cooking starts with like, even like going to farmer's markets or the grocery store and having them help see where like our food comes from like whether that's you know it's at the grocery store now and then talking to them about where it really came from um or letting them pick out like things that they find interesting or maybe things that they've never tried before um, or their favorites like do you think that that's important as well hi friends laura here with some exciting news Four Sigmatic has come on as a Modern Mamas podcast sponsor. We are so excited. If you've been following along with my Instagram stories, especially, you've seen that I use this stuff every single morning. The Lion's Mane Elixir is my absolute favorite. I add it to my boosted coffee for an extra boost of brain clarity, productivity, and focus that I genuinely did not experience until I started adding this in every day. They also make other elixirs like Rishi for calming, Cordyceps for an energy boost, and Chaga for an immune boost. Along with those elixirs, they also have really cool blends. I love the Lion's Mane and Coffee blend when I travel because I don't have to worry about getting my hands and lips on high-quality coffee. I have it ready to go. All you need is hot water. You mix in the blend and you're set. They have caffeine-free options as well, like a chai latte and a turmeric latte for gut health and skin glow. And they have all kinds of incredible blends. I cannot recommend enough that you go check out their website, find whatever mushroom blend is, is going to fit with your lifestyle, and give it a try. The awesome folks at Four Sigmatic have offered our listeners, you guys are special, you get 15% off any order. If you go to foursigmatic.com forward slash modern mamas or simply type in modern mamas, all lowercase, all one word at checkout, you get 50% off. Check it out, see what fits your life, and happy shrooming. Yes. I love that you said that. That's, I think that's so important. And especially if you have a kid that's a little resistant to, um, trying different foods, letting them pick something out, like giving them free range in the produce area to pick out whatever they want. They're going to get excited about that. They're going to pick like a dragon fruit or something funky looking. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We've done that before. I'm like, yay. (laughs) Uh, But yeah. I love that you talk about 
um, talking about where that food ultimately came from, I wish that I took the kids to the farmer's market more often. I just don't. I used to when we lived downtown and we could walk to one, but right. we don't live that close to one. Um, but yeah, because that's ultimately where your food comes from. And I think it gives food a little more value when you think about all the hard work that went into it. Yeah. I, I think about that a lot too, because like, you know, when bear, maybe like a year ago, like everything was chicken and it was like, can I have more chicken? And I'm like, this <laughs> yeah. is actually steak. And he's like, well, what, what is that? And it's like, okay, chicken is a bird. And it's like, okay, you see this meat? Like it actually came from this bird. And we would like open a book or pull up a picture of a chicken or something and be like the same with steak and like pork and like different meats and stuff. It's like, you know, and we, we hunt in our family. It's a, it's a tradition where we, you know, use that, that meat, like deer meat, like all year long. And we, you know, we kind of process everything and it's like a very, um, I don't know. It's an important part of our, our family. And so this yeah. couple of weekends ago, he got to actually see, like my husband shot a deer. And so like, they were actually like processing the deer on site and like he got to see, and it was like, he wasn't grossed out by it. It was more just like, Oh, like this is how, this is what happens. And we talked to him about like, you know, the population here control here in Texas with deer um, is important because they, well, amazing creatures can wreak havoc on the havoc on the environment when their population gets out of control. And so we're telling like, this is why we shot this deer. He was old, mm-hmm. like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And like, I don't know. I just, we're getting a little bit off topic, but starting at like to explain like where food comes from yeah. <laughs> is important. Jess, I think that is so, that is so cool. I wish that my kids could see like that whole thing. Uh, my dad hunted, when we were kids, but he doesn't anymore. Um, and I don't think anybody in our, fan, our yeah. close family does. Uh, but I think that's so cool. But like, if you're like me, listeners, and nobody hunts in your family, we went to a farm um, in town. They had like an open field day. And so we got to go and see like where they mm-hmm. you know, decapitate their chickens and do all the processing. And they talked all about that. So that's another way to kind of see where your food came from if you're not um, getting to within your family. Totally. I think that's a a great, great way. And it's it's like, even if you're like, well, I don't want my kids to see chickens getting decapitated. It's like, okay, (laughs) like that's a decision you make for yourself, but at least they can see like where the animals actually come from, you know, um, and starting that conversation. Because it's like, even I think about myself back in the day, it's like food just comes from the grocery store. Meat is there. Like there's no Mm -hmm. connection between like the animal and the process and like what it actually is and all of that good stuff. And I think that Mm -hmm. just kind of like expands your mindset around food as well. Um, Mm -hmm. and also directs your decisions when you're choosing quality and, you know, hopefully these, our kiddos as adults will be like, okay, like I know there's a difference between a cow raised on like a, just like a cow factory farm versus one that's like been allowed to eat in the open and all that good stuff. Mm So, Mm -hmm. Anyways, small oh, so tangent. Cool. <laughs> Important though. <laughs> yes. So let's talk about age ranges. Um, you know, and you've kind of interwoven this in the conversation already, but like if you could give mm-hmm. us a few like age ranges and then some appropriate activities <clears throat> for their specific age ranges, just so people can kind of have a take home, like, oh, okay, I have a three year old. Like I can mm-hmm. go home and start doing this with them today. Yeah. Okay. So we'll start from like younger 
going older. And by younger, I mean like under two. Um, so kind of when they're under one, it's just play and just having them involved and like listening and being there with you. But I would say closer to that year and a half, two years, they can start to do things a little more intentional. How old is your daughter again? She's two and a half. She's two and a half. Okay. I don't know why I thought she was under a year. I was going to say, you tell me if these are right. I don't have a one and a half year old right now. (laughs) Um, So under two, one and a half to two, um, having them up on the counter with you, if you feel comfortable with that, I've always had my kids, you know, within arm reach on the counter with me and put kids love to push buttons. So if you're using a blender or a food processor, letting them be in charge of pushing the buttons and working on following directions. So, you know, not just pushing it at random, but waiting until you tell them which one to push. And so they're starting to listen to those cues uh, because listening is super important in the kitchen for safety reasons. Um, Stirring things, pouring, uh, they can even practice when you're not wanting to actively cook with um, pouring water or just scooping um, oats or different things from bowl to bowl and just to work on that hand-eye coordination. Um, And if you use a salad spinner, that's a super fun one for kids to do, just pushing that down to watch the salad spin to get the water off. So those are some that littler kids can start to do. Uh, And then when they're in that maybe two to four year range. And again, every kid is going to be um, different. So if you're listening and you're like, my kid did that when they were one, (laughs) every kid is different. Um, So one totally non-cooking thing that my kids love to do in the kitchen is to make spice potions. So Mm. when they have a little water and they're and they get out their spices and just get creative and mix things in and then make me taste it. And it's, (laughs) not very tasty. (laughs) Um, That's a really fun thing for them to do just as an activity in the kitchen. But then when you're actually cooking with them, having them get the supplies for you. So having them grab different spices and when they're little, they won't be able to read what they are, but maybe you tell them what it is based on a color or you direct them like it's on this cupboard and it's in the front. Um, Having them start to gather supplies for you, gather ingredients, helping measure those ingredients. Um, Cracking eggs is something that I like to start to work on in that two to four year range. And it's a whole process of getting your kids to learn how to crack eggs, but it's one of my favorite things to teach. And I've already started that with my two-year-old, basically just having her hold on to my hand when I'm cracking an egg so she can start to feel that pressure when I'm tapping it on the corner of a bowl. And then when I go to put my thumbs in to crack that egg, I have her hands on top of mine. And that's like level one when I want to start to teach cracking eggs. That's what I start with. And then as they progress, then we'll switch it. So they'll hold the egg and my hand is on top. And they add that pressure of cracking and get their fingers in to kind of open up that egg. And then eventually they practice that on their own. And a tip when you want to work on letting your kids take the rain with that is have them crack it into one little bowl and then have a spoon nearby to take out any eggshells before (laughs) they would pour it into the big bowl. And as a busy mom of four, it's so helpful for me when I am trying to get breakfast ready and I'm like nursing the baby 
was not on my game and I didn't have breakfast going to ask them to like crack the eggs for me. Um, super helpful. So that's like, if you're going to work on one thing, totally start having your kids learn how to crack eggs. I love I that skill. I love that. Yeah. Um, mashing things. So mashing bananas. We use a lot of bananas in our cooking. Uh, and especially our breakfast foods, so having them mash the bananas, mashing other um, soft fruits or vegetables if you're using those in baking. Uh, also working on, if you're making like a nut and a date ball, they can roll those out. So again, just working on um, that hand-eye coordination of, you know, trying to make a circle or whatever shapes they make. That's some great things to do in kind of those younger ages. And then... Before I progress into sharper knives, I always like to start with butter knives with my kids. Things like spreading peanut butter or soft butter or some kind of easy spread onto, you could do it on toast or you could do it onto bananas or whatever you choose to use. But working on spreading things with a butter knife is a really, it, it can be kind of tricky when they're younger. Um, so adding that in, in that two to four age range and then with a butter knife chopping bananas because they're really soft I, we clearly use a lot of bananas in our house <laughs> um, they're delicious I know they are um, and then let me try to think around four to five again with my my kids is typically when I start that when I feel like they are confident enough and also calm enough to use a sharper knife that's kind of when I start to introduce a paring knife and I'll use that for things like a cucumber so working on chopping a cucumber up um, or even starting a paring knife with soft fruits or soft vegetables um, even if you steam a carrot even a whole carrot that's a great one to use um, to work on their cutting skills and always being there with them. Like I try to tell them if we're using a knife, we're always looking at the knife. Um, so they're not going to chop off their finger or <laughs> fling it in the air and cut me in the face. Right. <laughs> so I do mean, you use, I, I've seen, and I actually was contemplating getting these for bear for Christmas, but like there's like kids safe knives out there. Like have you ever, I don't even know what makes them kids safe. But. Yeah. Um, so I had thought about getting those, and I had a conversation with Katie Kimball, and she does a lot with cooking with kids as well. And she was she she brought up the point that if kids are using safe knives, they're not going to get cut. That they might not be as careful because there's not the risk of them actually getting cut. So so they get good with that knife, but then you give them an actual knife that can cut them, and maybe they haven't been practicing being as safe. So I, I had thought about getting some of those too. And I, I held off on it because ultimately I want them to be able to use real knives that have consequences and that they need to be able to learn how to be safe with them. Uh, but I know people love them. And especially if you're wanting them to help, but maybe you can't keep your eye on them as mm -hmm. much as you would want to, I think they would be an awesome option. And gotcha. who knows, maybe I'll get some too, because 
they look pretty neat. <laughs> Maybe I'm thinking like, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I understand both ways of thought. I'll have to think on yeah. that. But yeah, it would be a fun yeah. tool just to have, like you said, if we can't really be closely supervising as much as we want to at that moment. So, okay, mm-hmm. cool. Do you have more activities? Uh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yes. So um, <laughs> I have so many activities. <laughs> so another fun thing for kids is grading things. Mm-hmm. And um, so, like, I have cut myself on a grader before and a peeler. So something to supervise with children until, you know, until you feel like they can be safe with them. Um, but definitely somewhere in that two to four age range that they can start working on grading things, peeling, um, peeling vegetables is an awesome one as well. And just teaching them that we peel away from our body. Anytime we're using any kind of sharp object, it goes away from our body, um, so that we're not bringing it towards us. Um, and let's see, as kids get older, if you, when you feel comfortable with having them at the stove with you, making sure that you have them at an appropriate height. So they need to be tall enough or again, something that'll elevate them so that they can see what they're doing. Um, but a great thing to start with is just scrambling eggs because Mm. it's, it's easy. And it's something that like they could do the whole thing by themselves. They can crack their eggs if they're, if they're old enough to be using a stove, um, then they would have that coordination to be, be able to work on practicing cracking the eggs as well. So they could crack their eggs. They could heat up their pan, um, add some kind of cooking oil if you just use that, and then the eggs and, and um, teaching them to hold the handle so it's not moving around, and then stirring. And uh, I always feel really nervous when my kids are at the stove with me. My oldest, who's six, is the only one that's done some actual cooking on his own, and it's just been eggs so far. Um, but it's, it's a super important skill for them to have. So just making sure that they understand that if they're not careful, they're going to get burnt and there's, you know, there's consequences for being wild in the kitchen. So making sure that they're calm in that time and that you're there to supervise them. Um, so if you're finding that you're distracted with, you know, other kids or rushing, uh, that maybe you set it aside for another time and that you just practice it as a fun activity to do with them instead of having it at a meal time. Such good stuff. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm like, my mind is just like, kind of like, okay, like let's start right away, but I'm going to take <laughs> your advice and I'm going to pick a time that's like, you know, conducive to getting this all calm and organized and yeah I'm so excited okay good so we talked a little bit about what tools are safe for kiddos to use and you kind of explain that according to age ages do you have anything else to add for add to that um as first tools you know I'm some fun ones that I didn't mention would be a spiralizer Mm. and again those are really sharp Mm-hmm. So making sure that you're with your kiddos if they're younger um, so that they understand to not like, touch those blades. Mm-hmm. But that's a really fun one because spiralized food is just super fun for kids <laughs> and, and adults too. Yes. Uh, and um, uh, one that I love using 
with my kids that I can use when they're younger is the food processor. That's like my favorite kitchen tool to have. Um, but again, like safety, making sure that they're not the one that's moving the blade in and out. Um, and I keep that away from them. And I've also heard about crinkle cutters mm. and I've never used them, but I hear they're awesome for kids and they just make vegetables in a different shape. Um, so that would be a, another fun one to add in for kiddos. That's always so fun. And you were talking about like pushing buttons and stuff. And I was thinking about mm-hmm. Camille, our little one. And yeah, like every morning, whoever's cooking breakfast, like the kids are essentially like they want to be with us. So they sit on the counter mm-hmm. and like daddy's like, you know, making pancakes or scrambling eggs or making bacon. And we're like chatting. It's not always <laughs> calm, cool and collected, but like for the most part, it's like, what are you doing? And we're like, well, we're making bacon. Like it's hot. Like this is what, this is how we flip it. And like they get to press buttons. Like if we do like a protein shake or something, you know, they get to press the button on the blender. It's like their favorite thing in the world. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is. They're just like, oh, my God, I get to press the buttons. The same with the Instant Pot. And, like, it's just – I see – I thought before this conversation, I was like, well, I don't really involve them that much. And I really do, based off your what you were mentioning, like, they are. They're age-appropriately getting involved. And so we're just now getting into those ages, like, five, six, where I feel like – Bear can be a lot more active. And now I'm like really looking yeah. forward to it. I'm like, I got to bust out the spiralizer. Like he would love that so much. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. And then go ahead. And then you, you spiralize veggies and then, um, you can teach them how to make like a quick dressing or sauce right. to go with it, which is, which is a great activity for kids. If you're just adding ingredients and whisking it together or shaking it in a Mason jar. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's lots of little little ways to add them into the kitchen. Um, do you want to talk about some like specific things that I love to cook with my kids? Yeah. Like ideas. Yeah. Yeah. So I was thinking about, um, this, this morning and my two and a half year old woke up early. So I was like, I'm going to be intentional and we're going to make some muffins together. (laughs) Go you. Yeah. So, um, baking is super, super fun with kids. And I think that's a really easy place for us as parents to start with kids because it doesn't involve chopping typically and doesn't involve stovetop cooking. It's basically like pouring and mixing and, you know, putting in a container or making mounds if you're making some kind of cookies. Um, so I think baking is a really fun thing to do with kids. Now, with that said, since I'm I try to limit the sugar in our house. I try to bake with them, but using real food ingredients. So we made muffins this morning and we mashed up bananas that were ripe. We added some canned pumpkins and some oats, peanut butter and cocoa powder and a couple other, you know, baking ingredients. Um, but just allowing the foods to be naturally sweet on their own. And so that I can feel good that I'm going to bake with them, but it's something that I'm excited for them to have so they're not going to get that sugar crash later on. Mm-hmm. So I would just encourage you, if baking is something that you love to do, just to try out some different recipes with your kiddos that maybe reduce the sugar or just trying different swaps. Little kids, when their palates are new and fresh, something that might not taste sweet to you might taste delicious to them. Mm. So to really just allow them to try those different flavors and textures, um, even if 
you know, as an adult, your palate might not think it's that great. It might be the best thing for them. So just trying out those different um, less sweet recipes. And um, I love, love doing dates and nut balls in the food processor and letting them roll those because that's just fun and sticky and messy and they taste it as they go. So that's a really fun one to do. Smoothies are an easy option as well. So you're putting everything in the blender, letting them push the buttons. Maybe they're picking, you know, you're giving them options as things to go into the smoothie and they're feeling empowered because they're getting to make those choices. Um, and then egg muffins are another thing that I love to make with my kids because I can get them really involved in that. So cracking the eggs, choosing you know, for adding vegetables or different meats or cheeses into it, and then even letting them pour it into the the little muffin molds, which is super messy, and I have to, like, <laughs> got to chill out <laughs> in that moment. Uh, and make sure that I'm, I'm not rushing and wanting it perfect because um, if I'm never letting them practice, they're never going to get better at it. And so allowing that mess and those mistakes to happen um, – and then just kind of laughing about it instead of getting mad that it's messy, which I've been there totally. Like, totally. Why is the cocoa powder all over the floor? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, those are those are some that I that I love to start with. That's awesome. Um, well, we're wrapping it up a little bit, and you've given us so much good actionable tips. I'm just like chomping at the bit, like I mentioned before. Um, how do you? To kind of end the conversation, because a lot of people I think will probably be listening and be like, oh my God, there's like knives and scissors and forks and a stove that could like burn their face off in an oven. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you address safety in the kitchen with your kiddos without, of course, scaring them, but Mm -hmm. making them aware like this is a place where like our energy is calm and this is why? Like, how do you, how do you address safety in the kitchen with your kids? Yeah. Well, it's, I think it's a constant conversation that we have. Like anytime I open up the oven, I, I always like, if they're in the kitchen, I ask them to go stand over the, the fridge, which is a little further away from our oven, um, because I don't want them to get burnt and that we don't run in the kitchen because, you know, people are in there using knives. And so I don't want anybody to get knocked over or things to get knocked off the counter that could hurt them. So for me, it's like an everyday conversation that we talk about being calm in the kitchen. And, um, you know, we have an old oven and stove. And so ours doesn't have that neat feature that says if a, a burner is still hot. So we always talk about how we never touch the burner with our hand because it could be hot. Um, so making sure that we're not just reaching up on the counter. Um, my husband and I have definitely had to be a little more mindful about not placing knives near the edge of the counter because Mm -hmm. kids will be kids. They just reach up. Um, but we try to have conversations about how we just don't reach up on the counter and, um, kind of getting back to the knife conversation that we had. So I always start them with butter knives and even with butter knives, I talked to them about how we don't touch the sharp part of it, even though it's, it's not going to do anything to them. Yeah. It's not really sharp. Um, but I want them to know that it's not okay to touch those because then eventually when they go up to a sharper knife that it could cut them and they could get hurt. 
And then I go and I lick a butter knife, a peanut butter off, and I confuse them <laughs> as a mom. Um, so definitely always having that conversation around not touching those knives, um, being careful around any kind of blade. So I have them unload the dishwasher for me typically, and I'll have the food processor blade in there. And so I make sure that, especially with my younger ones, that I'm the one that's taking that out. Um, but my six-year-olds, you know, kids, they want to they wanna do things themselves, and they want to feel empowered. And the last few times, he's been wanting to put that away. And so, you know, we talk about how we how we carry it and how we're really careful with it and being there with him and just talking about the importance of how we need to be really careful and calm. Um, it's always the conversation because the last thing I want to have happen is one of my kids to get hurt in the kitchen, something that could be avoided. Right. So it's like an everyday conversation for sure. Gotcha. Awesome friend. Yeah. Well, to wrap up, I mean, Kind of, I guess, I mean, we've, we've really like had a great conversation here with a lot of gems, I feel like, but like, if you could succinctly sum up like what your goal, your long-term goal, having your kids in the kitchen with you, like what, what would that be? Like, what is the ultimate goal having them involved in the kitchen with you? Yeah. Well, I think them being able to feed them well, themselves well as an adult, that's like the ultimate goal because they're not always going to have me cooking for them. And eventually, sadly, they're going to leave me. <laughs> My children yeah. are never leaving me. <laughs> never. Uh, I think Zoe tells me that she's never, like, she's never going to leave me. I'm like, that's good. Don't ever leave me. <laughs> um, but I want them to be able to buy ingredients and then be able to cook something for themselves. And, you know, whether that is following a recipe or eventually down the road, just looking in there fridge or pantry and being able to put together a healthy meal for themselves because when you when you know how to cook um you can feed yourself so much better you know you can use ingredients instead of packaged processed foods and there's a time and a place for those um but having those skills to be able to feed yourself with real food ingredients I think that's just going to benefit them for their whole life and then hopefully it helps them to just make good food choices and, um, you know, have a good relationship with food as well. Yeah, absolutely. Amen to that sister. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your knowledge, um, for people out there who are like, I want to hear more about this. Tell us how we can find you, how to connect with you, all of that good stuff. Yeah. So you can find my blog, which is fitmamarealfood.com, And that's kind of my base of where I, um, share recipes and tips and it's life and all that kind of stuff there. Um, and I also have a podcast, Fit Mama Real Food Radio, and I have weekly episodes and I'm on Instagram, mostly Fit Mama Real Food, but you can also find me on Facebook and Twitter as well. Um, yeah, those are the places to, to find me. Awesome, friend. Well, thank you so much again. And guys listening out there, if you like what you are hearing, again, always rate us and review us on iTunes if you feel so inclined. That's how we can get more people um, listening and more people in this community kind of collaborating together. So you can find... um, me at on Instagram at just dot hold the space and Laura 
on Instagram at laura.radicalroots. And if you guys ever have questions, comments, um, topic ideas, you can always email us with questions with those at modernmamaspodcast at gmail.com. So I hope you have a wonderful day listeners and Heather. Thank you so much again for coming on. Thank you so much, Jess. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to our podcast. See you next time.